everyone and welcome to another episode of Burhantu with me, Hafiz Rahman. Thank you so much for listening and making Burhantu your choice of podcast for anything horror. Um, recently, I um, uploaded an episode called Popo um, about how a girl's grandmother came back. No, I mean, not came back to life, but rather acted as a sort of guardian angel for her. So I received this email. Um, let's just call her Jane. And she's uh, sharing with me about her... Supposedly, she was supposed to be given birth as a pair of twins. And then I think um, only one survived, which is her. And then... Um, yeah, so it's a, a lengthy email. All right, so just let's pull through this together. Um, it's a very interesting story. Um, and it's quite creepy in some parts, so... Yeah, let's go. Um, hello, Hafiz. Hope you're doing well and good. Um, I'm very weird when it comes to listening to podcasts. I like listening to the ones I have the mood for first. The other day, I was listening to one of your podcasts about how this girl's papa came back and acted as a guardian angel. This reminded me of something similar that happened to me from the ages of 10 to 15. Um, let me start off by saying that it's a tradition that every year on my birthday, my mom would pull out the old photo albums and hospital records and she would um, tell me the story of the day I was born. She told me this story every year on my birthday without fail, so it was ingrained into my memory. You can say that it's like a core memory for me. I am an only child. I've always wanted siblings, but my mom has a medical condition that made getting pregnant for her very difficult. My mom had a very difficult pregnancy with me. And she told me at one point, she thought she had miscarried me. She said that one day she felt immense pain and was rushed to the hospital. When she got to the hospital, she told the doctor that she felt like something was dropping. And then right in front of everyone, my mom said this golf ball-sized clump of blood fell out from between her legs to the floor. My mom said that she was too scared to check if it had arms and legs. She said the nurses mopped the ball of blood away into a bucket. Later, when the doctor scanned for a heartbeat and found none, he declared that she had suffered a miscarriage. My mom was devastated and cried and cried. I have seen the medical report and it clearly stated, miscarriage, baby dropped out in consultation room. My mom said that she went back home feeling absolutely shattered. But then she said that even after two days, she still had her pregnancy cravings for green apples with Asam Boy. She thought this was strange and she went to another doctor and explained her situation. My mom said the miracle was that the first doctor did not clean out her uterus after the supposed miscarriage because apparently they clean you out after you lose your baby to get the placenta out. When she went to the second doctor, they did an ultrasound and found a heartbeat. My mother said that the doctors gave her strong meds in order for her to keep the baby. She called me her miracle baby. So here's the kicker. When my mom gave birth to me, doctors found two amniotic sacs. An amniotic sac is that thin bag or membrane of water that the embryo or fetus develops in. My mom showed me the medical report in which the doctor very clearly wrote two amniotic sacs found. My mom said she told the doctor about the golf ball lump that fell out earlier on in the pregnancy and the doctor said that there was a good chance she had twins and she miscarried one. My mom said that she felt very bad because had she known that the ball of blood was a baby, she wouldn't have let the nurse mop it up into a bucket. So years went by and I always had this knowledge of possibly being a twin. Although I was sad that I could have had a sister, I was okay with being the only child and let it be. Okay, here's where it gets creepy, okay? <clears throat> and then one day, 
when I was about to celebrate my 10th birthday, my mom, my grandma and I were on the way home from the market when my grandma asked me what my birthday plans were. I told her the usual plan of waking up, having cake, listening to the day I was born stories and then dinner with family. My grandma chuckled and said, You know, I used to have dreams of your late grandpa holding a little girl's hand. She looked just like you, but she was in a white dress and she had nice neatly curled hair. Sometimes this little girl would be by herself and she would call me, Popo, Popo, and come running towards me. I used to ask myself, who was this child? And I remember talking to your mama about it. I told your mama that she must have miscarried this little girl, but your mama always say no. My mom just kind of snorted and said, I don't even know if I really lost a baby or not that time. Plus, the baby hadn't even developed properly yet when I lost it. If I really lost something, how can it even grow up? To which my grandma just shrugged and said, Well, God works in mysterious ways. A few days after that conversation, I celebrated my 10th birthday. The night after my 10th birthday, I had a dream. It was the most vivid dream I've ever had. I dreamt that I was in a very big meadow. The grass was a nice shade of green and the skies were blue with clouds. It was sunny, but it was not hot. I heard children playing and followed the sound to find a group of little kids around my age playing tag and laughing. I remember turning my head and seeing a little boy in a wheelchair flying a kite and an elderly woman taking care of him. Then, I heard a voice from me. Okay, this is where it gets creepy, okay? Then I heard a voice from behind me saying, Hello! I turned around and I saw a little girl with neatly curled hair in a white dress. The hem of her dress was a bright red with flowers. I realized that I was wearing the same dress as her, only the hem of my dress was a navy blue with flowers. The little girl didn't say her name, but but introduced herself as my sister. And then she just took my hand and told me to come play with her. And in the dream, I saw us running hand in hand through the soft grassy meadow. I felt so happy and at peace. I remember waking up feeling really sad after the dream was over. Immediately, I jumped out of bed and looked for my mom. I found her in the kitchen and told her about my dream. I told her I could even sketch it out and ran to the living room and started sketching. I remember wanting to immortalize the dream to my best abilities. I drew the meadow and the clouds and the grass. I drew two girls holding hands, white dresses blowing in the wind as they ran. One girl had straight hair and the other girl had nicely curled hair. I told my mom that this girl with curly hair told me she was my sister. And she looked at me, but she looked like me, but her skin was fairer and, and her hair was a bit lighter in color than mine. My mom asked me if my sister said anything else and I said no, she only wanted to play. My mom said, next time you dream of her, ask her if she has a name. <sighs> okay, now, I didn't dream of her again for a very long time. But I remember wanting to dream about her again so very much. I remember praying to God to let me dream of my sister a few times during bedtime prayers. I don't remember exactly when or how, but one day, when I was about 11 years old, I was at school and I saw this girl walking up the corridor to my classroom. She had shoulder-length curly hair and she looked like she was in a rush. When she came closer... I realized that was the girl from my dream. She walked past my classroom only to disappear behind a pillar. I moved out of my seat, pretending to walk to the art supply table to the front of the class. 
In my attempts to look for her, I didn't notice one of my classmates behind me being an idiot with a bottle of pain. In his stupid attempt to open up the bottle, he somehow managed to stab the bottle hard enough that the plastic bottle burst open and pain gushed everywhere. He also lost his grip on the bottle, so the bottle flew forward. If I had been sitting in that chair, I would have been covered in bright green paint for the whole day, just like the other girl that was seated next to me. That was the first close call. Over the next few months, I would catch glimpses of this girl that I was now convinced was my long-lost twin sister. It gets more fucked up, okay, guys? <laughs> and over the next few months, every time I saw her, it would just be before an accident. I would see her and barely miss getting slammed by an opening door, or I would see her crossing the street and barely miss getting run over by a car. Then, one day, I was sitting on my bed singing along to the songs playing on the radio. I still remember, it was a high school musical CD. As I was singing the part of Gabriella, I heard a second voice singing with me. Stunned, I quickly pushed the radio, paused the radio and looked around my room and looked outside the window. I was alone and no one was outside. I thought it must have been, I must have been hearing things or maybe it was just a song. So, I pressed play and continued. I heard it again. Only this time, the singing was slower. Like the person singing was deliberately trying to sing slower than the song. I was sitting on my bed and my bed had this puffy quilted blanket on it. The kind that if you sit, you leave an indentation on the seats. I felt the right side of my bed sinking. And when I looked over, there was a slight indent on the sheets. I stopped singing. Call me stupid, call me crazy, but I was not afraid. I looked at the empty space to my right and asked, Hi, is that you? The chorus of the song played on the radio. We're soaring, flying, there's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. And yo, I heard her sing the chorus all on her own. I knew that wasn't the radio because it sounded like an actual person sitting next to me and singing. She had a beautiful voice, so crisp and clear and soft like bells. I was so excited. Wait here, I said as I ran out to my room calling for my mother. I rushed out of my room looking for my mom. When I found my mom, I told her that someone was in my room and they were singing. My mom, who was of course freaked out because her child is telling her someone is singing in her room, rushed to follow me. When we got to my room, the radio that was playing when I left the room now was silent and the indent on the right side of my bed was gone. That same night, my mom sprinkled holy water all over my room. She didn't say anything. She just sprinkled holy water over everything before kissing me goodnight. Ever since then, I would not only see my sister, I would hear her too. And sometimes we would have conversations in my mind. I don't know how to explain the sensation, but it just feels like you're answering your own thoughts with thoughts that aren't yours. I would always be the one to start a conversation whenever I would sense her presence nearby. But I wouldn't tell my parents about my secret conversations with my sister. I didn't want them to think I was crazy. Just before my 11th birthday, I dreamt of her again. This was the first time in almost a year that I've dreamt of her. In the dream, she was still wearing her white dress with the red floral hem, but this time she seemed sadder. I remember talking to her in my dream and from our conversation, I gathered that she was in fact my sister. Two, she had no idea how she ended up being the same age when she died as a fetus. Three, she has met my late grandpa. And four, she has no name. 
When I asked her why didn't she have a name, she said it's simply because no one had given her one. Eh, belum makan ni. She said it's simply because no one had given her one. Our parents didn't fixate on a name for me until after I was born. And since my mother wasn't sure that she had even miscarried, my parents never bothered thinking of a name for the child they didn't know they lost. She said that she was sad because our parents did not acknowledge her as their daughter and that our parents didn't believe that she existed and never prayed for her. She says she is happy where she is now but she cannot cross over properly. I asked her, are you in heaven? She said she is in a place where unnamed babies go. I felt a deep sadness wash over me and I made her promise that I would somehow get our parents to acknowledge her. I then told her that I would give her a name. When I asked her what she would like to be called, she said, I don't know. And I said, I'll think about it and let her know. I woke up and it was morning. I crawled out of my bed feeling heavy from my dream conversation with my sister. I found my mom in the kitchen. I sat down and told her that I had, I had an upsetting dream about my sister. Needless to say, my mom was stunned because up to that moment, I had not mentioned a single interaction with my sister to her. My mom asked me why she couldn't cross over and I told her it was because she was an unnamed baby. I told her that my twin was sad that my parents didn't acknowledge her existence. It was definitely an odd conversation to have with my mother because up till that age, I had never talked about her about any deep stuff, much less conversations with a dead person. After I was done talking, I was half expecting my mom to call me out for bullshitting her. But I was also half expecting her to believe me because I don't normally talk about these kind of things. Surprisingly, my mom just said, Okay, so what do we do? I just shrugged my shoulders and said, I don't know. My mom said that we better speak to my grandma about it and so we did. So we had breakfast and drove to my grandma's house. So I had to relay the entire story again to my grandma and once I had finished talking... Her first reaction was to my mom and said, How? Now how? So my mom looked back at her. What do you mean what? How? To which my grandma said, You can help things cross over, right? You did it before. Do it for your own daughter lah. So, fun fact. My mom can see, hear and talk to things. But she can't do anything about it most of the time. She'll tell the things she sees to cross over into the light, but that's about as much she can do. She's not like a bomo or whatever that can catch spirits and hit them into the afterlife. She's just a woman with a gift. My mom told my grandma that she couldn't do anything because my twin was only interacting exclusively with me. And little me had no idea how to help in situations like this. That was when my grandma said that maybe she could go to the church and offer up a prayer for my sister during All Souls Day. Uh, they are Catholic, by the way. She asked my mom if my sister had a name. My mom nodded in her head in my direction. You asked her, she picked a name ready. I said I was thinking about the name Rose. My grandma then go, Oh, okay. I write it down, ah. So, Rosa, Okay, okay. I offer up a special prayer in her name. Alright? Okay. So. Go on, ah. Let me just try. Um, okay. So. Anyways, when I was 12 to 13 years old, my parents had a rough patch and separated for a while. I remember celebrating my birthday and then Christmas for the first time without my mom there. I remembered nights when I would cry myself to sleep calling out to Rose, letting her know about the situation and asking her if she could come and comfort me. But she never came. I like to think that... Um, okay, when, uh, I, like, I like to think that... She was with my mother watching out for me because I knew for a fact that the house that my mom was living in at the time was terribly haunted. But that's for another story. 
I had a pet rabbit around this horrendous time and during these troubled times, this rabbit who I had raised from a very young age became my solace. I loved this rabbit with all my heart. One night, I had a dream about Rose. This was the first time I saw her since our parents split. She was cradling my rabbit in her arms, gently rocking him from side to side and speaking softly to him. In the dream, I walked closer to them and then Rose turned to me, her face red and eyes all filled with tears. She told me my beloved rabbit had died. I fell to my knees as she passed the limp body of my bunny rabbit to me. I sobbed and pressed his warm fluffy body to my face. I jolted awake to my dad knocking on my window. When I asked him what, he just said, the rabbit died. <laughs> my dad was in as just as much disbelief as I was. What? How? I shouted. My dad just kind of stared at me looking almost broken. I don't know, he said. My dad and I both loved that rabbit and on weekdays that I was staying with my mom, the rabbit was his only companion. Whew, okay, so... um, Are you ready? One day, when I was 15 years old, I made a joke to my sister that she might probably be stuck with me forever. I didn't say it out loud, I just thought about it. Something along the lines of, you're going to be stuck with me forever if mama and papa didn't acknowledge your existence. Um, I don't know if what I said, to her, I said to her made her realize how long she had been stuck or if she decided that five years of dealing with my shit was more than enough. So one day, she took matters into her own ghostly hands and made her presence very known. So let's just say that when she was 13, uh, 11 to 15, there were a few occasions that happened where Rose tried to help her, lie, you know? Okay, so now... This is why it gets a bit crazy after that dreams and all that. Let me just say that we had a poltergeist problem in the house a few years back when this thing would cry and take the shape of either me or my mom or usually me. And we had to have a whole exorcism done to us and the house to get rid of it. So, needless to say, when my mom saw someone that looked just like me peep their head out from behind the curtains, she freaked the fuck out. She ran to my room and opened the door to find me on the floor reading. She freaked out even more and told me that she was just that she just saw me peeping at her. I assured her that I hadn't left my room for the past hour. Oh my god, do you think it's back? By it, she meant the poltergeist. I was so confused and at, at first and told her, no, she must be tired and seeing things. It didn't occur to me that it was Rose at that point of time. I told her to stop working so hard and take a chill pill. A few days later, my dad, who was an all-round skeptic, told my mom and I over dinner that he kena kacau by something when he was in the living room. He said he felt the room go cold and his hair started to stand on end. He said he felt like he was being watched. Then he said he saw a person peeping at him from the window next to where he was sitting. Very calmly, my dad asserted his space by saying, This is my space and my home. You must not disturb me here. My dad is a very calm and stern fella, but despite him trying to keep his composure without, when telling us the story, I could tell that he was actually freaking out. I asked what he looked like and he said, I'm not sure, but for a moment, it looked like you. At this, my mom started freaking out, saying that the poltergeist was back and we needed to call the priest again. A few days later, I was walking to the kitchen when I heard my mom talking to herself. I hid behind the wall and listened to her. Kau tahu apa buat check up? You are not allowed to come into my house, my space and scare my family. Do you understand me? This house is blessed and protected by the power of God. I remember, I immediately knew my mom saw something again. 
I came into the kitchen and asked her who she was talking to. She said she saw someone that looked like me walk past the kitchen and then peeped at her from behind the kitchen wall. At this point of time, it still didn't register to me that this was probably was my sister. And so she started to freak out. I asked my mom if she could sense that this, what this thing wanted. She said that this thing is not evil. It's just curious and wanted to be involved in whatever she was doing. I remember going back to my room. I laid down on my bed and closed my eyes to talk to Rose. I asked her where she was and asked her to protect us from whatever it was that was hunting our house. She said somehow or another, she got a response from Rose saying that that was me. So then this girl, Jane, went to the mother. Mama, mama, mama. Mama, it was Rose. And then the mother was like, who? My mom appeared from the living room and looked at me like I was crazy. You guys were seeing Rose. Remember Rose, my sister, your child, the one that was mopped up into a bucket? My mom hands immediately flew to her chest and her eyes widened. She's here? Yes. And I think you and Papa are seeing her because she wants you to know that she's here and that she exists. She cannot cross over if you all cannot acknowledge her, remember? So remember when the parents left, uh, I mean, had had separation. So they, they after a few years, the parents went back together. Lah, so they didn't get the divorce in the end. My mom started to tear and she kind of just look around. Is she here? And she said, I don't know. I said, but I think you can just talk. She'll be able to hear you. Rose, little Rose, I want you to know that I know you've been here. Yeah, you are here, okay? I want you to know that you have been, you would have been loved here. You need to cross over, okay? Go in peace into the light, my mom said in between tears. From somewhere beside me, I heard a very soft sniffle. <sighs> okay. Alright. Now. So, they went to church one day. Anyways, about a week passed, Rose didn't come to me. So I thought all was good and she had crossed over. Another week went by and still no Rose. My mom asked if I had seen my sister since and I said no. Until one day, my mom came back home from work, got dressed and told me we were going to church. It was a weekday. It was legit. So random. I asked her why. She just said, I saw a shadow of a little girl in school today. And I heard a, vo- a, vo- a girl's voice said, Hi, in a soft melodic tone. She said she knew right there that Rose had not yet crossed over. She said she called my grandma and asked her what to do. My grandma told her to go to the church and give her a candle offering. Basically, the candle offering in a church, you go to a church, you light up a candle and you place it in a jar. Then you must say who you're offering your prayers to, followed by your prayers and intentions for this person. Usually people do it for the people who have passed away. I was raised in a Catholic church and I remember there being a special altar at one corner of the church for people to make candle offerings for the beloved who never passed on or who have passed on. So that's exactly what my mom and I did. She called my dad saying that Rose Helen crossed over and we were going to the cathedral in the city to pray for her and he should wish us the best. We went to the big cathedral and we both lit up one candle each. As I walked into the cathedral, I saw a glimpse of my sister's shadow appearing and disappearing behind the pillars. I knew it was her because she was humming a church song called As the Deer, which was one of my favourite church songs. Approaching the wax-covered offering altar, I could see several lit tea candles. Some were burning out already. Some were placed in shallow brown jars while sharp, while some were left to float in a lovely round bird bath filled with what, with, I, with what I assume was holy water. My mom proceeded to say, Okay, Rose, we put up this candle offerings in your name in hopes that you will cross over into the light in peace. 
In Jesus' name, Amen. My mom's voice was steady and calming. She was very good at sending spirits off into the light. Her voice made them want to go. We then prayed in silence. As my mom finished praying, she gently pushed the candle into the bird bath. I watched it wobble a bit before it floated alongside the other floating candles. I was still kneeling. I had so much to say to my sister. I started to cry because I knew that I would miss her presence when she left. I thanked her for being there beside me during the most crucial parts of my life. I told her to go in peace and that we will always remember her and honour her. I told her that we, I will always love her no matter what happens. And I told her that I will run through meadows with her again one day. As we were leaving the candle altar, I felt a lifted weight off my shoulders. It's so beautiful, were the last words I heard my sister say. It's been a good 11 years now, and I have not heard or seen Rose since then. I would like to think that she's now very happy on the other side with my grandfather and all our relatives who had since passed away. I hope she's taking good care of herself. Every now and then, my mom would bring Rose up in conversations just to keep her memory alive. Whenever people asked me if I had siblings, my mom and I would say that I had a sister who would have been my twin had she survived. I would think of her often and would miss her dearly. When I work as a singer and performer, I would dedicate my performances to her. I miss her even as now as I write this to you. Cheers, Jane. And that is an email that I got from Jane about um, her supposed twin sister who became her guardian angel for like a good 5-6 years of her life um, and couldn't cross over and was starting to take shape of like a, of like a spirit inside their house and was peeping from behind the curtains and all that um, to the point where the parents thought that actually it's, it's, it's her but she's not her it's her it's her dead sister alright okay um <laughs> okay thank you so much um, I hope to share more stories with you if you have more stories you can just share with me at hafizabrahman at hill.com um, this has been a long episode so I hope that you guys are entertained good night everyone bye bye <laughs>